What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions per episode dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, dogma, and the list goes on. I would then sit with your questions, pray with them, study, and hopefully respond in a way that is helpful for you to grow in holiness and virtue, to conform your life to that of Jesus Christ crucified. However, the disclaimer is this, I am not perfect, I am not infallible. Therefore, every now and then I might give advice that is not good for you. So if that's the case, then I wanna give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to be more holy and virtuous and conform to Jesus Christ crucified. However, if my advice is helpful, though difficult, then I really want to encourage you to lean into our Lord Jesus Christ and the sacraments and the scripture and in the church so that God can give you the graces that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship. If you're a first-time listener, I want to encourage you to hit me up with your own questions at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. You can critique this show give comments on previous shows and ask me questions for new shows you can also rate us and review us on itunes and other podcast formats that helps other people to find out about the show if it's a gift for you potentially it could become a gift for them as well and finally please 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 share us on your social media pages on facebook instagram twitter etc again this helps out more people to find out about the show and if it's good for you it may be good for them before we get into today's show, I want to remind you that my new book, Pocket Guide to Adoration, is available. It is out now, um, and you can get it at ascensionpress.com. I think it's still sold out on Amazon, but ascensionpress.com certainly has some more books left. And I also have some more copies here at Our Lady of the Holy Rosary Catholic Church in Santa Maria, Louisiana, in the gift shop. Uh, and so please cop that book and use it as a guide for you to grow deeper with Jesus Christ in prayer before the Blessed Sacrament. On today's show, we're going to keep it up with the Lenten-themed episodes, and today's show is going to be all about fasting. I know last week I did a show that was very specific to, to fasting, but we're going to go into details about fasting before Mass, when can we receive communion, uh, and uh, what if we have a particular illness. We're going to talk about uh, prayer and fasting, we're going to talk about how fasting can help us out spiritually and one of our one of our friends on the show asked me one question, but like when I went through your question, it's really like like seven or eight. But uh, it's cool, you know. It's 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 all good. It's all good. That's what we're here for. So uh, yeah, so we're gonna do a lot of topics on fasting today. But before we get into that fasting show, I want to share with you a few glory stories. Coffee so good. So yeah, today I I'm drinking coffee right now. And um, this past week I had some nuns, some Mercedarian sisters of the Blessed Sacrament. Shout out to those nuns. They came by to hang out at the church, 
and uh and after we got a did a tour of the church and the campus and we're like you know sharing hearts i said sisters y'all want some coffee and they were like nah nah we good we okay and i said okay i said well, y'all don't mind if i drink coffee though right and they said nah you can do whatever you want so i make me some coffee you know the coffee i always talk about and pour that cream in that coffee and uh and one sister was like i mean i'll just take a sip and so i said all right cool i'd love to take a sip but remember all five nuns was like nah we good and uh, so one sister had a sip, and she's like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. This this coffee is really good. Uh, Father, I mean, I'll have a cup. And then another sister said, oh, I'll, I'll just take one sip too, Father. Well, then two sisters were like, oh, oh, dang. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We want some coffee. Well, before you know it, all five of them nuns was drinking my coffee. I guess they had a bad habit of just saying no without t- – get it? Bad habit because they were habits. <laughs> just joking. But, yeah, no, it was super cool. I got to hang out with the Mercedarians at Blessed Sacrament. Uh, sisters, they are in Baton Rouge and in Florida and in Cleveland and Texas and California. And they're just – they're a great gift to my little priestly heart. But, yeah, I mean, I have so many glory stories to share. First one, it happened – earlier this week on last week on ash wednesday so all right you know ash wednesday we have the the church fast right meat and you can do two small meals one main meal whatever um or you could do bread and water all day it's all cool whatever so i mean i was very faithful to the church's fast um in prayer on ash wednesday however y'all you gonna laugh i you know we have our personal penances that we give ourselves that we think will help us to grow closer to Jesus, to be more faithful to prayer and more drawn to prayer. Like my whole episode last week was all about, well, I'm not going to tell you what my fast is, but whatever I'm supposed to be fasting from, y'all, on Ash Wednesday, I broke my Lenten fast that I gave myself, uh, not the one the church gives. Y'all, but I, I was like, oh man, Jesus, like, you know, in the past, it's been at least like a couple of days or a week before I messed up. Like this year, this past week, I messed up on Ash Wednesday. I broke my fast on Ash, like the day Lent begins. So it was pretty ridiculous. But the grace was, the glory story, is that I did not condemn myself. Like normally I'm super scrupulous. It's one of my like bad habits. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst person in the world. I can't believe I messed up. And uh, this time I was just like, you know what, Lord? You are you are totally fine. Like, right? You know, you don't condemn me. You delight in me. And tomorrow's a new day. I'll start that fast tomorrow, not today. And uh, it was just really cool. So that's the first glory story. Glory story part two is that I went to Angola prison uh, this past week as well to go do a confirmation retreat with my wonderful students at Holy Rosary, my kids at Holy Rosary and some of the adult uh, disciples. And it was so beautiful. But specifically, it was crazy awesome how one of the men, one of the inmates who is just a beautiful disciple of Jesus Christ, he pulled me to the side and he said, Father Josh, um, he said, I want you to know, um, I, I read an article about you uh, maybe like a month and a half ago. I, I gave it, yeah, about two months ago now. So I gave a talk at a conference a couple months ago, and it was about discipleship and how we are invited by God, called by God, commissioned by God to go out and make disciples of all nations. Even if that means going into neighborhoods and our geographical boundaries, that we're not used to going to, that we're not comfortable going to. It's not about our comfort. We're supposed to go and share Jesus with everybody in our geographical boundaries. And so this has been a message that I really feel God is putting on my heart to proclaim to the church in America, because in reality, a lot of our church parishes don't do this. They minister to people who they're comfortable with, but they have people who live in neighborhoods in their boundaries who they totally ignore and totally avoid going to, to share the joy of the gospel with. And so I've been on this like this mission to invite 
invite and encourage and remind everybody of the the demands of discipleship to go out and make disciples of all nations. So I spoke about this at the conference. Somebody wrote an article about it, and this particular inmate at Angola got a copy of that article, read it, was inspired by that article, and received permission from his superiors in, in prison to go into the, one of the most dangerous cell blocks at Angola. Like Literally, there's a block where the men curse and scream and spit, throw their feces at people who come and walk down this hall where their cells are. It's like really, really bad. And this guy was inspired from that article to get a group of guys who are also inmates who know Jesus and love Jesus and are confirmed Catholics, and they're going to share Jesus here with these men um, in this particular cell block. It is the most beautiful thing I've ever, I was like, I was like, Jesus, you kidding me, right? I mean, he was so excited to share this news, and I was so excited to receive it. So that's just a huge glory story just to, to hear, like, man, this guy's going out there. Like, literally, he looked at his geographical boundaries at his prison, and he's sharing Jesus with everybody, including people who are rejecting him. He's sharing Jesus for their salvation. Ah, oh, so cool, so grateful, so awesome. And um, and then finally, just I'm so grateful for my RCA team there and the, the candidates and catechumens at my parish. I'm just so stoked for them to receive the sacraments. Speaking of salvation, receive the sacraments of baptism, which is salvific, 1 Peter 3.21, and receive the sacrament of Holy Communion, which is salvific, John chapter 6. Um, and, uh, and to receive the sacrament of reconciliation, again, which is salvific. So I'm just so grateful for God, for what he's doing. It's been a, just a grace-filled week. And I have so many more glory stories uh, just from this week alone that I can share, but I'm not going to go on and on because y'all want to know about fasting. So let's go ahead and uh, get into some feedback, and then we're going to get into today's topics. And I'm going to have some more coffee. When did I start drinking coffee and liking it so much? Because there were, man. Anyways, all right, feedback comes in first from Mary. Mary, did you know that you wrote me some feedback from some past show? Woo, 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 woo. So Mary says this, Father Josh, I loved, loved, loved your adoration podcast episode on abiding together. Shout out to Heather and Michelle and Sister Miriam. If everyone knew the graces received from regular adoration, it would be standing room only, 24-7. Uh, I wanted to share a miracle that happened halfway across the world from my parish in East Tennessee. It's a little long to include in an email, so here's the link to a blog post I wrote about it. Uh, please know that I am in no way trying to promote my blog. Uh, I just want to get this story out. Uh, thank you for your yes. I have a cousin, first cousin's son, who is a priest in your diocese, so I not only pray for him, but for all priests in Baton Rouge Diocese. Keep him coming, Father Mary. Well, Mary, I agree with you. If people came to adoration more frequently and consistently, the world would literally uh, change into a better place. The world would be a better place. Uh, sounds like a Michael Jackson song, uh, So, uh, which I'm not listening to right now. Uh, but yeah, Mary, God bless you. And I'm going to check out your blog. Also, Joy wrote some feedback in. She said, good morning, Father Josh. One of the goals for Lent this year for me is to spend more time listening and immersing myself in holy content like your show. Ah, praise God, Joy. Today, I decided to start 
that by listening to your latest podcast from this week regarding Lent, you nailed it. As a convert and one who converted and then fell away for a time, Lent has already been a struggle for me. I felt in my heart the standard things I was hearing people were giving up for Lent seemed superficial and did not capture the heart of what Lent was meant to be for us. To hear your take on this very thing was so helpful. And as you described how to be open to discernment for one's Lenten sacrifice, I was struck dumb as I lifted up my morning coffee to drink the last drops. And then I realized that I'm out of coffee and was considering my options earlier on how when I'd get more from the store. I immediately knew that I would not be getting more coffee right now. The message was so clear and I felt right immediately. Coffee isn't the only thing I will do, but when I hear a message from God so clearly, I know I have to follow that direction. So coffee it is. Uh, thanks for providing a vehicle for God's message to reach me. God bless. Joy. Okay, Joy, I know you gave up coffee and I'm not trying to be a near occasion of sin, but uh, I hope that me drinking coffee right now inspires you to press pause and spend some more time with Jesus in prayer because I didn't give up coffee for Lent. So excuse me while I enjoy my coffee and hopefully encourage you to, to receive more graces from God in Scripture as I drink this coffee right now. Yes, praise God. God bless you, Joy, and I will pray for you this Lent that you have a profound encounter, deep intimacy with Jesus. All right. Let's go ahead and get into today's show. Our first question comes in from Rachel. Rachel writes about this fasting before mass. Hi, Father Josh. I am so glad that I found your podcast. I really enjoy listening to it. You always explain things in a way that is simple and easy to understand. Praise God. Uh, I'm currently battling with anxiety and an eating disorder that I've struggled with for most of my life. I'm now in my 20s and I recently got up the courage to seek professional help. I've tried this in the past, but it never seemed to do any good. I don't exactly know what is different about this time, but I thank God that this time my experience so far has been truly life-changing. My question is about fasting before, before receiving Holy Communion. In the past month, my therapist has really been emphasizing the fact that I need to eat every three to four hours throughout the day. This is a real struggle for me. As a daily mass score, I have found that I use the hour fast before receiving Holy Eucharist as an excuse not to eat when I should. Would it be okay for me to not fast before receiving Holy Communion, or if I can't fast, should I just not receive? I don't know if I would be comfortable receiving without fasting, but I also don't want to not receive it. I know I need to start eating as often as my therapist is telling me to do if I want to keep making progress in my recovery. Thank you so much, Rachel. Rachel, I love your question. God bless you. Like This is like such a good, good question. So let's first of all go into the great book called Canon Law. So Canon Law says this about fasting. One who is to receive the most holy Eucharist is to abstain from any food or drink with the exception of water and medicine for at least a period of one hour before Holy Communion. So again, the fast begins an hour before Holy Communion, uh, not before the Mass. Um, but there are some exceptions, right? So if a priest celebrates more than one Mass uh, on the same day, uh, for instance, on Sundays, I have a 7 a.m., a 9 a.m., and 11 a.m., uh, then I'm only bound to the one-hour fast before communion. Uh, that will be for the 7 a.m. Mass. But I can then eat something or drink something before the 9 and 11 so that I have energy to celebrate those masses worthily and well. Also, the one-hour fast before Holy Communion does not apply to those who are elderly. Um, I think it's like 60 years and up. 
Hey, it could be more than that. Um, or sick. Um, and so for those who are who are sick um, and, and or their care, caregivers um, who can't go to mass because they're taking care of the sick, um, they also um, would not have to follow the one hour fast before communion. So being that you, my sister in Christ, have experienced the illness with an eating disorder, that's that's an illness. Like that is a real, legit, severe sickness um, that must be reverenced and respected, just as any and every other illness um, it is to be reverenced and respected. And so I would say follow your therapist's advice, right? Canon law says there are exceptions for those who have a sickness and eating disorders are a real serious thing. Like it's not something light. Uh, and so I reverence you, sister. And canon law says it's OK. Right. Because of that particular illness that your your doctor, your therapist, med- um, their recommendation should be followed if you are finding that you are growing and finding freedom. And so God wants you to receive him. Like he wants you to receive the grace um, from coming to mass and from receiving Holy Communion. So because you have that illness, I would definitely encourage you to um, to listen to your therapist, to eat what you have to eat. And if you if you have to eat in such a time that won't allow you to fast an hour before mass because because of the illness, then yes, you are most certainly welcome to still receive Holy Communion. Uh, remember that, that the point of the, the fast before Holy Communion is to create a physical hunger and a thirst for the Lord, which then can be something that draws us to that spiritual hunger and thirst that can only be fulfilled in the Eucharist. Um, and in the Old Testament, fasting prepared people to receive graces from God. Moses fasted for 40 days on Mount Sinai uh, before he received the word inscribed, the Ten Commandments. That's Exodus 34, 28. Elijah fasted for 40 days when he, he walked to Mount Horeb to encounter the living God. Um, and Jesus also fasted uh, before he began his public ministry. And so the, the fasting is to like prepare us for something great in the Lord. Um, but again, whenever you are sick or if you are a priest who celebrated multiple masses throughout the day, like there are exceptions to the rule. And you, my friend, my beloved daughter, are an exception to that rule. And so God wants you to receive him so you can have more grace as you continue to find freedom freedom in your walk toward eternity and healing, healing graces. The Eucharist is healing. So please receive the Eucharist as often as you go to daily mass. Um, and yeah, I would just encourage you to, to just keep on keeping on, sister. Uh, so hopefully you found that helpful. Let me know. Hit me up at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. All right. Next question comes in from, oh, Maria, Maria. You remind me of a woman in scripture. There was a few Marias, and they're all pretty amazing. Oh, all right. So Maria writes this about prayer and fasting. I love your podcast, and I listen every week. Well, thank you for abiding together with me, Maria. Uh, I think you are so wise. Ah, I'm grateful that you think that, um, and so down to earth. My nine-year-old loves that you sing mashed potatoes uh, when you forget the song lyrics, and now she does that too. Look at that praise, look like father, like daughter. Uh, there's something I've been bringing to God in prayer for one of my children, and it's important to me. And I feel in my heart Jesus keeps saying to me, prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting. I'm very good at prayer. I spend daily time in quiet prayer, praying scriptures, novenas, divine mercy chaplets, but I've never been very good at fasting. I think partly it's hard for me to understand why would God care if I gave up soda or ice cream, everything I choose seems so, so silly. How do I choose what to fast from? Also, how long should I fast? Do I put a time on it? And I want to honor what I think God is asking of me. Any advice is appreciated. 
Yeah, so Maria, I would definitely encourage you first and foremost to check out my my Ash Wednesday show. Uh, it was all about Lent. Uh, I, I addressed a lot of different things about fasting. But again, I'll just reiterate that uh, when it comes to picking something to fast from, it's think about what will draw me to more prayer. Like if I, so again, again, for me, if I fasted from candy, I don't necessarily have to eat candy. So I wouldn't be drawn to more time in prayer with the scripture. I would not be drawn to more time in prayer before the Eucharist. I would not be drawn to my divine mercy chaplain or to my rosary, to, to conversation with God through spontaneous prayer. If I gave up, um, if I gave up candy, uh, same thing for television, television doesn't do it for me. So, I mean, I, I can watch TV, but if I went without TV, I would not notice it. You know, um, so think about something that you would notice if you gave it up. I, I mentioned on my last show for me, things that, that I've noticed um, that have helped me to be drawn to more time with God in prayer are things like singing. I love to sing. So whenever I fast from singing, I know it. I feel it because I want to sing. I love I love to sing. And so if I'm not singing, I feel it and I'm drawn to Jesus. I'm drawn to more prayer. Um, so we just think about what is something good that I enjoy, that if I fasted from, I would feel it and I would be drawn to more time with Jesus in prayer. How long should I fast? Should I put a time on it? Uh, yeah, so I mean, you could look at it as I could do it, um, a this specific fast for Lent. Like, I mean, obviously, we, wanna, we want to fast from something, you know, pretty much every Friday during the year um, because that's the day Jesus died for us. Uh, and, and even some people would argue Wednesdays as well. And we'll talk about that later in the show. Uh, but yeah, I would say you could have this as your particular fast for Lent and then make it a modified fast after Lent. So you could do all 40 days except for Sundays during Lent. Um, and then after Lent, uh, you can do something else. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's basically you discern with the Lord, like what's helping you to grow in holiness. Um, and then finally, uh, yeah, you just want to honor what you think God is asking of you. And so if you find that you grow in virtue whenever you fast from anything specifically um, in particular, uh, then that means to me that that's something you should probably keep up in some way, shape, or form. If you find that you're not drawn to prayer and you're not growing in virtue, then that's probably not what's best for you. It could be good for somebody else, but not for you. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to get into our final two questions, both about fasting. Stay tuned. Do you find it difficult to enter into the mysteries of the rosary? What about personally applying them to your life? Drawing from the writings of the saints, the Bible, and Catholic tradition, Matt Fratt has produced Pocket Guide to the Rosary, a masterful work that teaches Catholics how to truly meditate on the mysteries of the rosary, how to pray the rosary like the saints, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your prayer life and improve the way you pray what St. Padre Pio called the weapon of our times, we invite you to check out Pocket Guide to the Rosary by Matt Frad. To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And we're back. Quick reminder, you can hit me up with your questions at AskFatherJosh at ascensionpress.com. Dot com and you can send a voice note as well. We can play that on future shows. And don't forget my new book, Pocket Guide to Adoration, is available now at EssentialPress.com. All right, next question comes in from Amanda. Hey, Father Josh, appreciate how you have talked about fasting fairly regularly on a podcast, especially that you address it through the lens of food, but also other comforts. 
I did not intentionally fast until recent years up until my mid-30s. I only knew about abstaining from meat on Fridays during Lent and choosing something to give up for the season of Lent, but did not know about fasting on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, let alone the cultural layers of abstaining fasting beyond the season of Lent. I also had uh, not ever heard about Sundays not being included within Lent as far as what we have given up. Before I understood the concept of fasting from technology, God led me toward recognizing the power of a reset by having periods of strict limitations from time to time. But now I'm trying to be more intentional about fasting regularly. You mentioned Exodus 90 on this week's podcast, and I recently heard about that from Dr. Mario Sacasa. That's one of my best friends. Shout out to Dr. Mario, Always Hope Podcast, um, and then looked into it. I would love to hear more from you about logistics of fasting and making decisions related to fasting. For example, um, how do you decide when to fast, what to fast from, and the duration? When? Um, how do you decide uh, when to celebrate? not fast within those periods of intended fasting in order to align with the liturgical year? Can you explain more about fasting on Wednesdays and Fridays as far as what that should look like as cultural Catholic practices? What recommendations do you have for people who want to intentionally fast but don't have a sense of community? How do you balance long-term fasting from being able to feel a sense of the rhythms of the liturgical year, such as allowing Lent to feel different from the rest of the year? When you take cold showers, how cold are they? Like completely cold? And if so, how do you build stamina in order to do that? Thanks, Amanda. So, Amanda, yeah, you definitely um, asked like seven questions up in that. <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. And so let's jump into uh, the first of many. So how do you decide what to fast, when to fast, and what to fast from and the duration? Well, I'm certainly, at least during Lent, we fast on Ash Wednesday and we fast on uh, Fridays, uh, especially Good Friday. Um, and so uh, you you abstain from meat on every Friday. Uh, but on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, you do the two small meals, one big meal. And so that's like the main fast that the church requires. Uh, but then you could also choose to do like bread and water all day long. Um, but you just you got to experiment a little bit and see what works best um, for you. So I would encourage you to to experiment. It's like praying. There are seasons where you're going to be drawn to different methods of prayer that are going to be helpful for you. And there are going to be seasons where those methods of prayer that were once helpful are no longer helpful because like maybe God's drawing you to a season of contemplation. So you can try to meditate, but it ain't going to work. But there are other seasons where you want to contemplate, but the Lord's drawing you to meditation. And so contemplation ain't going to work. So you got to find out what's going to work for you whenever you fast. And so, again, I, this is just all about like what is going to help you to be drawn to more time with God in prayer. Uh, you fast from goods. You can fast from food. Uh, you can fast from a number of different things. Um, but this has been a constant practice um, throughout salvation history and also throughout church history as well, going all the way back to the early church and especially early monasticism. Uh, so uh, a number of people in the church have given us some ideas of when it's good to practice outside of Lent during the week, like specific days of fasting. And so most since the early church have encouraged us to fast on Wednesdays and Fridays. So the Didache, or, uh, was it the Didache? Is that how you say it? The Didache. I think that's how you say it. Um, and which was around the year 100 AD says this, but let your, let not your fast be within with the hypocrites for they fast on the second and fifth day of the week, but you fast on the, fourth day, Wednesday, and the preparation on Friday. Uh, another saint by the name of St. Peter uh, said this, let no one fault us 
There will be fast on Wednesday and Friday, according to a custom rightly commanded by tradition. On Wednesday, because of the trial of the Jews for the betrayal of the Lord, and on Friday, for all that he suffered for us. And then also, um, allegedly, our Blessed Mother said in Medjugorje, uh, which again, those apparitions have not been authenticated, but you know, I still like the place Medjugorje. I find it to be a very anointed place. And so if these apparitions are not legit, the place is still anointed. But if they are legit, this is what Mary, the mother of God, allegedly said in Medjugorje, fast strictly on Wednesdays and Fridays. The best fast is on bread and water. Uh, through fasting and prayer, one can stop wars. One can suspend the natural laws of nature. Works of charity cannot replace fasting. Everyone except the sick should fast. Um, so again, uh, this is allegedly from the Blessed Virgin Mary. Uh, and then uh, just a number of saints encourage us to fast too uh, throughout church history. So yeah, again, fasting Wednesdays and Fridays are typically good days to do it. Uh, and so I would encourage you to potentially think about that as well. Then what else do we have? You said, uh, oh, what recommendations do you have for people who want to intentionally fast but don't have a sense of community? Well, I, I would encourage you to either join an online group. There are certain online groups of Catholics through social media who fast, and you can have an, a sense of community through the different social media platforms. Uh, you have the communion of saints that you can abide with. Um, and you can also try to start your own super small community of coworkers, maybe, or if you're a student of other, other, you know, people in school with you, uh, maybe a neighbor, like this might be an invitation for you to reach out to your next door neighbor or a family member. Um, just somebody say, look, I want to do this. Can you hold me accountable? And can you maybe do it with me? Um, and then uh, next question is, how do you balance long-term fasting from being able to feel a sense of the rhythms of the liturgical year, such as allowing Lent to feel different? Yeah, so Lent's where we enhance. So whatever you're going to do throughout the rest of the year, um, Lent is where we do it uh, a little bit more. And so that's how Lent feels different because we're doing it quite more than we're going to do it throughout the rest of the year. Uh, when you take cold showers, how cold are they? Are they completely cold? Yeah, they cold, cold. Especially um, when I did Exodus 90 uh, this past year, I did it during the Christmas season. It was cold. During Advent and Christmas, it was cold. It was so cold uh, during that season. And um, but yeah, you know, it was, um, yeah, it was good for me and potentially for others. If so, how do you build stamina in order to take those cold showers? I scream like a little girl. That's how I do it. I get in there, I hop in the shower, and I'm like, ooh, this ain't good. Uh, and so I don't know if you can ever build stamina for a cold shower. It just is what it is. You just take it, you just take it, and you cry, and you get out very quickly. Those are some quick showers. You wash your hair maybe once a week, and you just throw some soap on the body and jump out. And, uh, yeah, it just it ain't nothing nice. But, uh, but it's good. It works. It works. Uh, it's a sacrifice. So. Thanks, Amanda, for that question. Great question. I mean, for those questions. Very good questions. And finally, this last question comes in from Alex. Alex says, how does fasting from food help spiritually? Hey, Father Josh, I know that you're constantly referencing fasting throughout the podcast. You talked about different ways to fast, cold showers, shout out to Amanda, no music in the car, etc. But I was wondering if you could talk specifically about fasting from food. Obviously, it means eating less or even no food for a certain period of time. But could you talk about the spiritual aspect of it? How does this help turn me back to the Lord? And how can I be working to remember to offer it up for the sake of others? And how can I work to stay attentive to the fast? 
I've been trying to do this, but I feel like I often forget the spiritual aspect of it and it just becomes something else I'm doing. Thank you in advance for your response. Thank you for your ministry and be Please be sure to mind for you, Alex. Yes, Alex, great question. So first of all, number one is if you have an intention for your fast, that can help you to be faithful to it, to be committed to it, and to be a lot more consistent and intentional with the reason why you're doing it. So like maybe if your intention is for the conversion of a family member or of somebody who is who is dying, who is not repented of their sins, uh, anytime you attach that, that person who needs prayers, sometimes it helps us to be more faithful to that particular fast. Uh, but definitely fasting is a great gift for us in the spiritual life because, number one, it's rooted in the Word of God. Um, Moses writes about fasting in Leviticus. He says that the Lord orders a day of fasting as expiation and purification. And uh, in Joel chapter 2, uh, as a sign of repentance, we hear that we are to turn to me with your whole heart, with fasting, with tears, and with laments. And obviously our Savior Jesus Christ fasted um, in the desert. Um, and so when we fast, we are drawn more in union with our ancestors who fasted, but also with our Savior. It's an imitation of Christ. And so it's another way that we can abide in communion with Jesus Christ, who intentionally and consistently fasted. Whenever we fast from food, the good thing about that, that it does for us, is we feel it in our body. Like, there's no way that we cannot feel it whenever we are denying ourselves food, because we need food to survive. But whenever we deny food throughout the day and we feel the hunger, we're able to reorient that hunger from a thing that is passing to God. And so it's it's one of the greatest things that we can do. Um, Obviously, we want to do this in moderation. Many of the saints who preceded us in our walk toward eternity have repented of the way that they fasted too intensely and the way that they harmed themselves. And they were they repented for the way that they did not take care of their body, which was a temple of the Holy Spirit. But but definitely whenever we fast from food, what it does is it enables us to recognize, oh, I am missing something. I need something. And God, I'm inviting you into this space, specifically the scriptures, yo. Like whenever we go to the scriptures, Alex, the word of God becomes our food that we eat, that we devour. Like, who is it? Saint like, uh, Jeremiah says, I devoured your word. I found your word. And I devoured it. We eat on the word of God. We feast on the sacred scriptures. If we can, go to Mass and receive Holy Communion. First, like, again, here's the good thing about food that's different from any other fasting. When I fast from singing music, I feel it when I'm in the shower or whenever I'm in my car. But I'm not going to feel it all day because I, I don't, I like to sing a lot, but I don't sing literally all day long. You know, but whenever we fast from food, we're going to like feel that hunger until we eat our one meal of the day at dinner time or until we get something in our system, you know, the bread or water, whatever it is later in the day. And so for like hours, we're going to be drawn to, to think about our Lord and to speak to our Lord and to turn to our Lord. And so, yeah, it's just one of the greatest things that we can do to cultivate our relationship with Jesus is fasting. So that's fasting 2.0. Last week was the first part. This is the second part about fasting. And I hope and pray you found it helpful Let's go ahead and pray together. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we need you. We cannot fast well apart from your grace. So we ask that you give us the grace to fast well so that we can pray well, so that we can imitate you well in our walk toward eternity. We ask this prayer, Heavenly Father, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen.